Welcome to Divorce Etc. hosted by us, the ex-experts. We're here to give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Plus, we're asking a lot of the questions that you may not even think of or know to ask, but we know because we've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. Hi, welcome back to another episode of the Ex-Experts Podcast, where we give you all kinds of information and advice on everything divorce. And you know why? We've lived it, so we get it. I'm Jessica. And I'm TH. And today we're so excited to have back with us yet again, Tracy Burns, financial advisor and certified divorce financial analyst at UBS. And today we're going to be talking all things retirement. So thanks for coming back, Tracy. I'm thrilled to be here. You guys are covering such important stuff. So what you're doing is amazing. I'm, I'm happy, happy to be here. Yay, thanks. So, I mean, literally there's so much to talk about with retirement. I know we're probably not going to get through everything today, but where Mm -hmm. should we even start? I mean, do we start with like what some of the different types of retirement accounts are that people probably have heard of? For sure. Or really even before that, when you're, even if you're thinking about divorce, it wouldn't be terrible to start poking around and asking some questions about what you have. Like, this, get, this is like all the other conversations we had. It's super important to know your financial situation truly before you go through the process. If you're in it already, there's nothing you could do. But if you are in the early stages of it, figure out what you have. Do you got, does someone have a 401k at work? Do we have IRAs? Are they rolled over from a job? We'll talk about what all these things are. Does someone have a pension account at work? You gotta know all this because it will come up and it needs to be split in most cases during the divorce process. So what are the different terms for retirement accounts? So if you're asking these questions, what are the different terms that could come up that are equivalent to a retirement account? Right, so let's start with your 401k or your 403b if you work for a school or the town or something like that. It's the exact same thing. Whether you or your spouse have one, it all becomes part of the marital assets if indeed you were at these jobs while you were married. If if part of it is from beforehand, that part might be lobbed off and not included in the division of property. But while you're working, while you're married, you're both working, you're both putting money into these things. So basically it's a, they take a little, the company takes a little money out of your paycheck, pre-tax, so it's not taxed, and it's put into um, a retirement account for you. And it could be invested in anything you choose. And (laughs) this is is fodder for a whole nother podcast because most people don't even know what their 401k money is invested in, and you really should know. But that said, it's generally invested in some mutual funds. Oftentimes, companies match up to a certain percent. So if you put, say, 6% of your check-in, many companies will turn around and say, well, then we'll give you 3% of that match as a match. So that's your money. That goes to it all. That's all part of it. So that's your 401k, your 403b. Oftentimes, there's pension Uh, plans at work too. Those are sort of becoming the way the dinosaur, not as many companies are doing that as much. But if there is a pension plan, that means your company puts money away for you over the course of your working lifetime. You don't see it. You probably get some spreadsheet that you throw out and you haven't paid attention to. It grows. And when you hit retirement or leave, depending on what comes first, you get this chunk of money. Fabulous. Um, But again, you don't see it. You don't have much to do with it. That is all the company's generosity. So just really quickly, what is the difference then? 
at the end of the day between a 401k or what you whatever the other one 403b versus a pension like they're still both things where your company is putting money away and then you get it at the end so how is it different it's it's truly company specific right like your company does not have to offer a 401k or a 403b plan it does not have to offer a pension these are just benefits they choose to give you so those are all employer sponsored plans then you have things like an, uh, an IRA, right? An individual retirement account. That is something you can save for without actually having to get your employer involved. In some instances, you need to have some income, but it is separate from your job. It has nothing to do with your boss or your employer. It is you deciding to save some money on the side. And again, it's tax-free money. Putting money in these things is a really good thing because when it comes times to pay your taxes, that piece that you put away is not taxed. That's a really good thing. You don't have to deal with the tax till you retire. When you retire, you pay tax on it, but then it grows tax free. So that's why these retirement vehicles are super important. One, to know you have them. Two, to take advantage of them. They help your tax situation and they certainly help your nest egg in retirement. What is retirement age? It depends on, it, that's a great question, TH. It really <laughs> depends on you. Um, 59 and a half is generally when you could start taking from a lot of these things. 72 and a half is a requirement for an IRA. You have to start withdrawing. It truly depends on the plan and what you have money in. Sadly, in this day and age, it probably behooves you to work as long as you can. And the back, later on, we'll talk about social security and that how that one is affected in divorce and two is truly affected based on when you start taking it. The difference between dipping into your social security account at 62 versus 70 could be $100,000 or, I mean, who knows what it could be depending on how much you've worked. So the, the longer you can put that stuff off, the longer it has time to grow and get to be a real nice chunk of change for you. That way you're comfortable in retirement. And so then, you, let's, sorry, just to be clear. So mm -hmm. at 59 and a half, if that's what my retirement fund allows, I can take that money out tax-free. You start to take distributions. Say, let's suppose, say your 401k. At 59 and a half, you can start taking money. It comes out. Now it's taxable. So it grew all those years. You didn't pay a dime. And if you put it in like high-flying tech stocks, you made gobs of money. God bless you. I hope that's true. And then you have to take it out in retirement. Now, here's the thing. The rationale behind this moons ago was that in retirement, the thought is you're going to be working less. You're not going to be on this high, you know, powerhouse career path anymore. So your tax rate should be lower. Okay. So the idea being, right, all those years you're making gobs of money and you're doing fantastic, hypothetically, we don't want to hit that tax rate. So let's wait till we retire. Hopefully we're in a lower tax bracket. Let's pay the tax on it then. Saves you some money over your lifetime. Now, here's a glitch, though. We've talked about the Roth IRA before. Lots of people actually end up in a higher tax bracket in retirement because they've done a really great job of saving and they have all this money and now they're going to start using it and playing and, you know, taking the cruise around the world and all the money starts to be withdrawn. A Roth IRA is after-tax dollars. That means you, your money goes in your paycheck, your company takes all the taxes out that it needs to. The amount you have at home from that pile of cash is what you put in a Roth IRA. That means taxes were taken out on that dollar already. You put it in a Roth IRA. That thing 
grows ad infinitum until you're ready to take it. Interest, um, dividends, you name it, all appreciation. When you pull that out in retirement, there's no tax. It is your money. Can anyone do a Roth IRA? Yep, up to certain incomes. Oh, you have certain income uh, limitations, of course, but yes. And, and it's a great savings vehicle, especially, for instance, if you, um, you can roll your I, an existing IRA into a Roth, which would mean that current year you have to pay taxes on all the money you put in the IRA. Mm -hmm. But if in like a year like this, where maybe you, you don't have as much income, maybe you're willing to take a little extra tax hit just because of where we are in this world right now. And then you have the opportunity to let that money grow completely tax-free. The other cool thing is that money can just be passed on to the next generation. There's no required, you don't have to pull anything out of a Roth. It could just grow and be passed on and it's a beautiful vehicle. An so IRA and a recommend, So why wouldn't everybody do a Roth IRA? They're not offered in a, a lot of, like you could, some businesses now are offering Roth 401ks, same thing awesome look into that if you have it and the income limitation on some on um are as well so you might make too much money and up price right out of the thing so really look look at your situation ask your advisor what's the right vehicle based on your tax situation but truly try to understand what you have and what your options are going forward so if you're collecting alimony and child support alimony is considered income correct mm -hmm. so Let's say you don't have a job right now, you're on unemployment, you lost your job during COVID or you just lost your job, but you're still getting alimony and child support, then in this current circumstance, you could probably qualify, oh, oh, so you won't qualify for a Roth because you're not making enough money. And you don't have this enough adjusted gross income, right? That's earned income you need. And also too, doing it, you know, be careful what you wish for too, right? Because you, you need the money to live on. And then right. you have to be able to pay tax on it too. So let's like right. really think this through. It sounds like a beautiful idea, but really talk to someone about it before you go dumping everything into a uh, retirement account. So I, I know that a lot of people know that when it comes to retirement accounts, regardless of what kind you have, there are penalties when you take money out too soon, so to speak, right. or later. And sometimes people choose to make those decisions. They're buying a house, they're doing something and, they, and it's worth it to take the penalty to be able to pull that money out. But just out of curiosity, are there any, are there penalties if, if the reason that you're taking the money out has to do with divorce, you're getting divorced and now you need that extra money or is that not applied? So this is, this is a great question. So here's, here's like this big mumbo jumbo thing that you're gonna hear, it's called a quadro. Those are the four initials of a qualified domestic relations order. This thing is something your attorney is gonna help put together for specific retirement assets. They need to be split up under the law. So if you have an IRA, you guys can just split that however you want. It can be 50, however you decide, right? But there's certain things and there's a, uh, there's a list and I'm gonna read them to you. A 401k, a thrift savings. Some companies do have thrift savings, some profit sharing plans and some defined contribution plans, depending on what you have pretty much based on your employer, those things need to be split by a qualified domestic relations order. That just means when your divorce agreement is being written up, this quadro thing is also a part of that, and it will determine how those specific retirement assets are split. Now, the really cool and important thing here to know is there is typically a 10% penalty on early withdrawals 
from a 401k. Let's just use that as an example. Okay. You will, you always owe tax because you haven't paid tax on this money yet. Right. So no matter what you're going to owe tax. And if you pull it out too soon and look at your money, life happens. I don't begrudge anyone for having to take a, a, a hardship withdrawal. You, you got to do what you got to do. But sometimes there is this 10% penalty. If you say, look, I just ran my credit card bill up. I just want to pay it off. You're going to get dinged. Right. If in the midst of this quadro separation, right? So you have this quadro determined and, it, and the courts decided you're going 50-50 on this. When your 50% comes to you, if you say, I really could use some extra cash, I'm getting a new, whatever, new place to live, while you always owe the tax, they will waive the 10% penalty, but you need to do it in the midst of the conversation. Like you can't switch up, separate everything and then go back and say, hey, you know, I realized I really could use some money. Can you wave that thing? Now it's too late. Say, no. Right. Okay. So it has to be got to happen simultaneously. So think this through when you're sitting there with your attorneys and you're right. figuring out, okay, we're going to split this, his 401k. Just let's use his for historical purposes. His 401k, I get 50% of it. You know what? I really think I could use 20 grand. The 20 grand comes to you. They're going to withhold tax on it for sure, but you don't have to owe that extra 10%, $2,000 penalty really important so just ask those questions can i take this out and avoid penalty that's all you need to do right so one of the things that we talked about earlier was that you had um said that there are some really like practical easy small things people can be doing as part of their everyday life that really is a, a great ways to put money away without even thinking about it and you had mentioned there are apps where you can buy fractional shares and then there are apps where you can round up purchases so that the extra pennies go into savings. So talk to us a little bit about that stuff. So for people who either don't have a job right now that, you know, their income level doesn't fit whatever these different plans are 401k or SEP IRA or any of that. And they're just like, how can I just start saving money on my own? Because I need to start dealing with retirement stuff. I think it's super important that people not be intimidated. Like, there's this misconception that you need to have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to get in the stock market. That is not true. First of all, anyone can open a savings account, period, end of story, right? And you can and you should automatically have money transferred from checking to saving without you even knowing. You know, when I was a kid, my mom used to have um, uh, an envelope for Christmas. And she would like stuff it with dollars when, you know, if she had leftover or any leftover change, she stuffed it in an envelope so that she took the, you know, it, she saved all year for Christmas and didn't get smacked in the head. It's, it's really smart and kind of the same thing, except we can all do it electronically now. So you get, let's just say you're living off alimony. Maybe, maybe you're, not, you're, you're looking for a job. Even if it's $5, take that $5 and automatically have it transferred into a savings account. From there then, you can do anything. One, you can keep it. But two, just to your point, if you truly want to get into this market and be a part of it, there are some great apps that allow you to just move $5, $10, $100, whatever you have, and get yourself in this market. Um, Schwab does it. Robinhood does it. There's a ton of them, and you need to research them and figure out which one works for you, because they're all different. Some of them have better research than others. But take the time and figure it out. And I think the cool part about this is, even if you have $5 in a share of a company, you automatically start to take interest. And this is how you slowly learn about what's mm -hmm. happening out there, right? Like you hear that some big amusement company is shutting down the parks because of whatever. All of a sudden you're, you know, you're 
sweaty sense goes up and you say, hey, I own that stock. Is that going to affect me? And you start to see the world differently around you. I always said that women in particular, and again, I'm going on historical norms here, should make a laundry room list. If you go into your own laundry room, and men do laundry too, I take that back. But if you go into your laundry room, look at the things that are there that you will forever need and use. Bleach, why don't we own that company? The laundry detergent you put in your washing machine. Every time I, I would joke that um, all over the floor of my laundry room were all the sports equipments my kids use. Why don't I own all those companies? I'm, I, I feel like I, I pay the CEO salary some days with all the stuff we own, right? This gets you thinking about it and it gets you involved in your future, your savings and your retirement. So what are some of those apps specifically? So people listening are going to be like, oh my God, I totally am going to look into that. Yeah. So Mint does it. Um, Betterment does it. I, I, I would say check out, go online, just Google fractional shares and start figuring out where you want to be and how you want to do it. And, and, and just practice, put them on your phone, just practice. You don't even have to put money in, just get a sense of whether it's user-friendly or not for you, to, enough for you too. Another great way to get yourself in the market too is many of these sites, Wall Street Journal, um, The New York Times, you can create a mock portfolio for yourself. Mm. Just follow these stocks. So pick 10, lots of them have it. And pick 10 stocks and just say, hypothetically, I'm investing $10,000 in these 10 stocks, see where they go. And you get a real sense of how they move, the volatility in these things. Is it the right decision? And so it's a great way to learn. It's all about educating yourself. That sounds great. And the banks probably do something too, where you can set up maybe an auto transfer, however many days, you know, which day of the week. So you automatically take it out. And back to your original thing about coffee, you know, if you forego one Starbucks a week, there's your $5, you know, that you're already saving. So there has to be great ways to do this, but this has really, really been great. I've learned a lot myself. Um, so thank you, Tracy. You're so oh, welcome. And I think that, I think the takeaway though is to just, once you've heard a lot of this stuff, make sure you ask questions. Don't, don't be blindsided. Ask, ask, ask. Is there a pension? Is there a 401k? What is there? And, and what's my piece? So you mean ask questions in your relationship to make sure that you have like the, the landscape of what your finances are, not necessarily ask your financial advisor, although you said before, like I, you're like, I want people to ask me because then I know they care and I know that they're following along. Ask everybody, never, <laughs> ask, never, everyone. never not ask the question, ask everyone. Ask when your marriage is still good, make sure you understand. If your marriage is not good and you can't ask those questions, make sure you ask your attorney to ask those questions and your attorney right. knows to do this, God willing, right? But right. To make sure there's a little mental list in your head of what we should be asking for. You don't need to go figure out the present value of, his, of the pension plan. Let, let the number crunchers do that. But know that there is one and know that there's a piece that should be coming to you. It's, it's just all about awareness. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for all of the great information and for bringing it into the ex-experts community. Um, and for anyone out there listening, if this is going to benefit anybody else that you know in your life, please share it with everyone. Um, be sure to click to subscribe to the ex-experts podcast and be sure to follow us on social. We're at ex-experts on Instagram and Facebook um, and on YouTube. So see you next time. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye. 
Thanks so much for listening to Divorce Etc. with the ex-experts. We really hope this episode was helpful for you in getting information you need and feeling empowered to get through it. And always remember there are so many of us just like you. Now please hit the subscribe button so you always get new episodes and please rate and review us. You can also check out our website filled with free resources at xexperts.com. Follow us on social on Instagram and Facebook and send us an email to let us know your thoughts or any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about. See you next time.